welcome to our year-end episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast. I mean, we've survived 2020. <laughs> it hasn't been the easiest year for ever, anyone, but I'm super thankful that we've decided to continue recording new episodes. We figured out how to record remotely, and we've kept publishing episodes, so I'm really happy for that. But I'm also super thankful to this panel. Seriously, you've all kept me sane. I, I honestly don't think I could do it without continually recording, even though that we aren't in person. It's, it's been amazing that way. So yeah, in today's episode, we will be talking about the past year and how things have changed for our work and lives through 2020. Let's give introductions of today's panelists. Jem, you want to start it off? Jem Young, Senior Software Engineer at Netflix. Uh, hi, I'm Mars Julian. I'm a Senior Software Engineer in the Bay Area, and all thoughts are always my own. Actually, <laughs> they're 2020s this year. I'm going to give 2020 my thoughts because it's been. <laughs> Stacy. Stacy London, a Senior Front End Engineer on Trello. Still at it last scene. I just, I'll just be more specific. Hmm. Nice. Shirley. Hi, I'm Shirley Wu. Uh, I am an independent creator of data visualizations. That's a nice title. I like Thank it. Thank you. Augustus. Uh, Augustus Yoon, software engineer at Twitch. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. And what did we decide today's keyword is? 2021. 2021. We are done with 2020. Let's move on. 2021 <laughs> from now on. If we say the Ooh. word, we will all take a drink. All right. Well, let's hop right into the episode. What has changed in your workflow since we've bleh, had to pivot to being remote? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know where to begin. Um, and I don't know if anyone else has a better answer. But one thing that I've been really, really missing this year, and I feel like is sort of the biggest loss for me is casual interactions in the office. Uh, It's really hard to replicate those conversations you have over lunch or getting coffee that, you know, are either really restorative or just can lead to like aha moments and projects that you're working on. You like make connections between things that are going on at the company that you wouldn't have made otherwise. And everything in this virtual world is like more formal and scheduled. Like you have to schedule a Zoom or you have to reach Mm -hmm. out proactively on Slack. There's no sort of like happenstance anymore. And I really, really miss that. So Mars, have you or anyone figured out kind of the water cooler talk? Like, have you figured out an alternative being virtually? I mean, I've seen teams like schedule water cooler time. Um, as, but I also just like going into that, you're like, oh, I have a day full of meetings and I have to go to this 20 minute, like meeting full of probably 10 people that you just kind of stare awkwardly in. I, I don't know if it, I would love to hear if anyone else has come up with a solution to this, but, um, we, we have not at least. I mean, similar to you, my team has a weekly coffee that it's, it is totally at your choice if you want to show up or not. Same thing, we have a weekly lunch. So there's two of these meetings that, you know, people come and go, but it's not the same. But I still, to be honest, I look forward to it. Like it is something that's made me feel a little bit more normal. And we're not talking necessarily about work, really. It's just casual talk and building that trust and learning about each other and just even talking about how painful 2020 has been. No, like the closest we've come, I think, um, where I work is I started a a coffee club for front-enders, which is sort of just like 
pairing random front enders together to like for a half hour to just get to know each other, sort of like what's going on on different teams. Like it is a mixture, like what you're saying, Ryan, of like work and, and sort of more casual, like social stuff. You know, what's your newest quarantine hobby? Um, and that has been sort of the most random happenstantial, if that's a word, conversations I've had. Yeah, I, I feel like the same. I feel like I'm missing... I feel like there's people that I haven't talked to in like six months that I probably talk to occasionally at work because we would just run into each other. But like, because we don't really work on the same stuff or we don't have like, I don't know, I just, I'm missing that. There's something there that's like, that's gone now. And yeah, it's like, how do you recreate that? I don't, I don't know. Like I just joined Trello and one of the things that they do, which is kind of cool is I guess like they'll have like a town hall meeting but right after it, and I don't know what if this is something that's built into Zoom or if it's an extra piece of technology, but you, they like, if whoever sticks around, it breaks everybody into little um, side rooms. And it's just like a casual, like get to know people maybe that you don't know on, the, on, on Trello and like just like casual chat kind of thing. I thought that was really cool. So that's, some, that's something, but I mean, again, yeah, it's still like, scheduled and like on your calendar it's like we're still trying to replicate that like casual conversation i've I've been at conferences okay let's go back conferences in general i always love going to conferences in person half of it is not i mean there's amazing talks always but the majority of the reason i like to go is the networking aspect and so you go to a virtual conference and it's like where did that networking go Mm -hmm. i have started to see some of them do like the randomizing which is really cool and so you can like just be like randomize or like I want to be networking and it will just like start pairing you up with people Mm. that I think is kind of cool I've also seen at Netflix there's a group that I'm a part of where I think this actually happened before quarantine but anyways it still works now more than ever but in Slack it starts to just assign you people to meet with for coffee and I thought that was kind of cool too where it's like oh it's just like it's taking care of that it's still a scheduled thing though that's kind of part of the problem Mm. It's not like, it's not serendipitous. I was going to say as a a conference speaker, it's been the weirdest year because part of the reason why I love speaking or no, okay, hold on. I should say that there's uh, 90% I uh, am extremely anxious about speaking and the like, then the 10% that makes me keep going back is because I love looking out at the audience and I love seeing like people's reactions and I love seeing when people are nodding along and ignoring the ones that aren't. Um, And I love like being able to like have, like I love when people come up afterwards and are like, oh, that is exactly the problem that I've had. And like, or like they're like sharing their experiences with me or giving me feedback about what I talked about. It's been the weirdest thing to be like pre-recording talks and then I'm um, not seeing anybody's reactions, not getting that much like feedback afterwards. And yeah, I think that's a part I just can't get used to the like kind of lack of direct human connection. But I will say uh, that I'll probably be the wild card in this episode because like I'm just the chaos in all of this conversation about going remote because I went remote four years ago when I started freelancing. And so actually from a work perspective, everything like there wasn't that much of a change in that like everything has been already streamlined for me to work remotely with my clients. But I think 
the reason why I joined a studio, like a like a studio office two years ago was because I missed exactly what you've mentioned, which is that kind of like um, casual office chat that I always also felt like was the best part about being in an office. And then I was able to find that with my studio mates and there's like five of us. It was, again, very weird to suddenly lose that um, social aspect. And then what I didn't realize was the amount that I loved being able to change my setting of being able to go to like a cafe if I needed to like switch up my work or like, you know, that like kind of routine of uh, going to the office and coming back and then coming back like I'm more casual mode. And then without those, I feel like more than ever, I'm just working around the clock because I don't have like a good context shift between like work and home. And I think that's something that a few years ago I experienced when I first went freelance, I just worked around the clock and I realized that I was doing it at the beginning of this pandemic also. I totally resonate with that because when COVID first started and we had to start working from home, I personally could not work at home. Like I've gone, I've gotten used to it now, but I totally do that thing where I contextually associate, oh, home is where I just sleep and play games and just have fun. And work is where I go to work. Like when I was in school, I would go to the library to study because dorm is to play games and, and go to bed and stuff like that. So I was like the big, the biggest struggle for me. It took me a few good few months before I got used to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too on the, surely on the conference aspect. Like I've tried doing the virtual conferences and I still will do them because like I love conferences. But it, it's just missing some of that human aspect. Like you don't see the audience and like you you do play off the audience. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, even if you, if something doesn't land, you know, it doesn't land. You can mm-hmm. either follow up with another point or just move on. But you're sitting in front of a screen and have no idea. The other day, I think it was last week, I did an hour and a half AMA, which I don't know if it's supposed to be an hour and a half, but it ended up being an hour and a half with me sitting there reading just a chat of people asking me questions. It was a lot of fun, but I was just talking to myself basically because it was like, I didn't have that personal human contact. It it felt really weird. I mean, we, we, we try and supplement these things, but it's still, I don't think there's a solution for it. I surely everything you said like resonates with me (laughs) and Ryan, I know, I know what you mean. I, I, I did one, two online conferences this year. I'm not, I'm not doing any more virtual conferences. It's, it's just not satisfying, mm-hmm. which is weird to say. But yeah, as speakers, we do get satisfaction out of delivering a good talk and seeing the reaction. And without that, I, it's just not what I'm good at talking at a camera. I like, like you said, really, I feed off the, the vibe. And it's just, yeah, it was like so soulless and unfun. And like, I'm telling, I'm saying jokes but I'm like, I hope this lands. I don't know. I, I, like, surely you said serendipity, which I would say is the most accurate word. There's that just like randomness of bumping into someone and mm-hmm. you're both in the right mood at the right time. Cause like, there's plenty of times when I'm like, can't talk. Hey Jim, how you doing? Hey, yeah, cool. Gotta go. Like, you know, you're just not there. And the problem with scheduling virtual hangouts is you don't know where that other person's gonna be yes. versus like if I saw Ryan and Ryan saw, saw me and I'm like heads down or something he'd be like hey I moved that one-on-one to some other day because I saw you're busy I'm like cool versus now I have to like pull I don't know my director out of like something some big critical decision to have like a one-on-one and like reset vibes and all that stuff when you I don't you, you pick up a lot from body language and you just you miss all of that over 
remote hangouts body language that's a big mm. one for me like i i do struggle with that one you can hear tone you can sometimes see someone roll their eyes or like you know there's there's some reaction to certain things but it's a lot harder i think there's certain things that you can pick up on in a like a in a meeting room even if it's a large group of people you can start to pick up on those things which is is very valuable like you can start to read the room and say like wow we're not headed in the right direction. Like I got to pivot and maybe suggest something different and not just for conference talks. I mean, literally a meeting or like a suggestion for a technical approach or whatever you're talking about that human aspect, it does make it a little bit harder because you're not seeing the person in, in person. I've heard something as simple as the fact that with video calls, you literally cannot look a person in the eye. And that's also like subtly something that like makes it really discomforting of like, that's something I don't think any of us consciously notice, but like, it's something that makes it feel like even less of a connection because like, you just cannot stare a person in the eye to have the conversation i never even thought about that but yeah right? that's, that's fascinating it's, and you're like oh yeah, yeah totally yeah netflix we use google meet and i'll pull my browser in it to its own tab for the meeting and raise it up to as high as to the camera as possible to try and make sure that i'm looking at the camera instead of looking down at the right corner or wherever it is but it's still no matter what you do it's never perfect on eye to eye it's just it's not going to happen see i put my camera way down so people can simulate what it's like to actually talk to me. <laughs> I look down on them. You know? you know, it's really funny is there's people that have started at Netflix that have started during this pandemic and they've literally brought up how tall are these people? Because you don't know. They've literally had those types of conversations where they're like, how tall are you? Because they haven't <laughs> met in person. I think one thing I've had to do is get better about scheduling time for myself like blocking time off my normal job is a lot of meetings as a manager but i just can't do that many zoom meetings over and over and over again it it gets very draining it's so much worse than being in person probably same thing to shirley jam like we were all talking about you play off of people i feel like in person you do that but on video it's just so much harder and so i feel like by the end of the day i'm super drained so i've tried I don't know if I'm good at it, but I've tried to like schedule time where I'm going outside or stepping away and just locking that time. I have regular lunch blocks, which I try and stick to. So to kind of build up that routine a bit too, it has helped. I don't know if anyone else has felt like that, doing something to make more of a routine or just, or even like stepping away. Like Augustus, you said that it's like, I used to like play games at home and enjoy my time. Like one thing I've done is literally, here's my workstation and I walk away from that. I do not touch it. Uh, I'm sure there's times that I've touched it. But anyways, I try really hard to say like, this is the end of my day. I'm not going back to it. I don't know. Anyone else find like routines helping? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like one routine I, I still haven't gotten myself into and I'm hoping to in 2021. Cheers. Cheers. Wait, you've been missing on this one. Just how I, I used to commute by walking or bicycling. And so it was a good way to get some exercise. And I have, I, I don't go anywhere anymore. So like, I have not replaced that. I like used to like go out in the mornings and take the dogs for a walk, but that's not really not the same, same thing. Like it's not the same distance. And I haven't forced myself to just like almost try and re- replicate that, like go for like a really long walk that's about the same as it used to be. So I, I should get that back. So I think like I've heard of people doing that where they like, 
go for a walk around the block or whatever. So it helps them think that they're going to work. <laughs> I, I personally have struggled losing the commute. Like there's positives to not having the commute, but I had an hour shuttle ride to work and then an hour ride home. And I was very productive in those times, but it, it was mainly, it just kind of like started my day on the shuttle, ended the day. And so that was very routine and I lost that. And so I, I, I still have not got that time back where it's like downtime, like nobody's talking to you for a solid hour. I mean, they might ping you on Slack and, and things like that, but I could like respond to emails and things. I still have not been able to replicate that. Same, mine was driving to work and driving home, just like listening to music maybe the occasional podcast, but that was like wind up, wind down, a clear delineation of work and home. And now, like Augustus, you mentioned, it's it's the same chair I relax and play video games in, that I do work, that I talk to my friends and family. It's just weird. I, I don't, it's like not the natural state for humans, I would say. So if you're feeling anxiety, that is totally normal. Like this isn't how we're meant to operate. How have your companies dealt with it? Like, have they adapted well or has have things changed? I'm assuming they have a bit, but anything that's changed for the companies? I don't know, not specific to my company or the industry that we're in, but one thing that's been really interesting, at least in the workforce, is how it's kind of brought the in-office employees together with the remote employees like before there was sort of a difference between, you know, our remote workers and those who were in the office. And I think that it'll actually um, result in some positive changes in the future to, to think about, like we've created empathy with them now and sort of to think about how we can integrate them a little bit more into the company and the, and the community and the culture going forward, which I think will be really, um, really, really interesting. Yeah, I agree. Like as a like freelancer, independent, like, just perpetually remote person. I'm actually really excited about the, like what this means for the industry, like at large to like, for example, um, I guess it's not, I don't have to keep it a secret. Like the one place I interviewed at in these like four years was at Netflix. Um, and one of the big, this is such a, this is such a trivial sounding con, but one of the biggest con for me was that I could not remote. Um, and because I hate commutes, um, yep. and I would have had to have like a 45 minute commute. And, uh, I have, those are things that, I mean, we could probably also do a whole episode about deal breakers for a potential job, but that was a really big one for me. And I'm actually just like, really excited about um, companies being more willing to have remote workers and being accommodating about them. Yeah. And, you know, to speak to Netflix part, that has been a barrier in the past where it's like Netflix has always been like, oh yeah, you're, you're on site. Um, I mean, people would work from home, but it was more like there was never people would be like on the East coast, right? Like there, there was like, you were in the office or in the vicinity and, and that's even changed. Like we've gotten more flexible on that just because of the pandemic, you start to learn and adapt. And I, I think that is really cool. I think that is something to be said is like all, all of us as a whole, like the world had to learn and adapt. And it, it really could be more flexible for us in the future, which is really exciting. So I think real question to ask everybody is what is the future of work, specifically tech work? Because people will say, and Pundits will write, 
oh, it's obviously remote and everybody's remote, blah, blah, blah. But like we just spent 20 minutes describing why remote is not ideal in many, many circumstances. So what is the future? Well, I mean, for me, I think Shirley mentioned something too, is changing up your scenery. We don't have that option right now. And I think that's a big thing. I worked remote for a good year and a half for a company where it would have been a flight to actually get to the, the company. And I didn't do a good job of my home office was where I worked. I never went to coffee shops and this is going to date me, but at the time you didn't have good Wi-Fi at like coffee shops and like there wasn't WeWorks and things like that. So you didn't really have that option. And I look back on that and reflect on it. It's like, yeah, I would totally, if I was working remote, have a shared workspace or can I at least go there once in a while, like have some place to go once in a while. And I think that that's like a lot of what we're all talking about is the human contact is like, you still need that. It just may not be like every single day that you need it. It's just the flexibility. And so maybe you are on the other side of the world working for a company, but I think right now in the pandemic, you can't just go to a coffee shop. You can't go to a friend's place to work together and just hang out. I mean, you can, but you probably shouldn't. Should not. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really agree with that. Um, and But I think I would also add on to that, that um, I think providing a remote work as an option, like not mandating that every day be spent at the office. I think even now, I think we're pretty lucky in Silicon Valley that a lot of companies are, are like tolerant of like one work from home day per week or something. But I think there's a lot of companies still that aren't tolerant of that. And I think, I think that this year has shown that like you know, one day or like a few days a week or something where it's work from home is actually really nice because you get to get, I personally got a lot of work done when I got to work from home. And I think it's really that like having that as an option, not necessarily like a requirement, because I do think, you know, speaking off of like what Morris and Stacy and everybody here has said that like, I think that like kind of serendipitous chance encounters and conversations really help you understand a company better, like what's going on in a company better. I know my husband says a lot that like, that's kind of how he understands um, like those chance conversations are how he kind of rocks how like his company is doing and like where his place is or like what upper management is thinking. And so I think that shouldn't ever be replaced of like, I think there should always be an option to go into the office and like bump into people. And also, I think there's something to be said about like, I also read something that someone said or posted online about how uh, his experience about, you know, how he moved from London to New York and how he made most of his friends and his social circle was actually through his work because he spent so much time with them. And he would be so sad if he never had that experience because he was a remote worker. And so I think I don't think it's like a, it must be one way or another, but I think it would be really nice if there's an option for both. I think there's like, there's definitely introverts like me that will love a more casual like remote option, but I think there's also a lot of extroverts that would really miss kind of that office atmosphere. And I guess the only thing is that like, if there is going to be that option, then probably the office should be downsized so that like, you know, the collision still happens even with like less people. <laughs> yeah. 
I really, um, I really like the flexibility aspect. And I, I think that um, the idea that we will be fully remote now that we've experienced this, like, again, ignores all of the social aspects and, and benefits to being in the office. I wonder too, in addition to flexibility, if also it'll lead to like a more diverse workforce because we can, we can hire from different areas um, in the country, from different backgrounds, you know, different resources. Like not everyone can take time off of work to come interview across the country or you know wherever their company is, and and might also choose to like stay where they are for personal reasons. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I think it'll be tough, but we've kind we're kind of beginning to adjust and we're more cognizant of these different ways of working now. And I think it'll be it'll be really positive going forward. That's such a great part point, Mars. I'm so glad you said that because I think that is a big benefit. It's like you can broaden your workforce, but you also allow flexibility for people to to be with their families, to, you know, take, say, like, I have my son's, I don't know, dance recital or whatever, who knows that you're like, I want to go to that that's at like five o'clock or four thirty. And if you had to commute for that, that you would just wouldn't make that. And so like now you actually have the ability to be a lot more flexible on that. I think that's huge. I think that is literally going to be a huge selling point and allow us to really build diverse talent pools. I also think like, so surely you kind of talked about this, but how, we, yeah, tech in, in tech, we're pretty fortunate to have a work from home once a week. And it's, it's so interesting because it feels like there's this stigmatism where if you're not working together in the same area, you, you are not as productive. And I, I definitely I definitely start off kind of because I have issues with associating my workspace. But but over time, I, I definitely, I, I would argue that I am way more productive now. There's just like less of that, um, you know, somebody coming in, interrupting your time and, you know, you have to get stuff done. But know you feel inclined I don't know maybe I sound like a terrible person right there but <laughs> you know you know what I mean no, like, no I totally understand everybody people know what I mean you know it's like you're working on this thing it's like oh I really should get this done and then you're like hey I does this you want to know how's it going you're like oh pretty good and you're just like really like, do you not see my headphones <laughs> it's like yeah you take off the headphones like oh Passive aggressively taking off the headphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a feature, a feature request for Zoom. They can like build this feature where you can like pop into someone's screen without even asking them. Oh <laughs> man, that'd be the worst. That's that a way. great analogy. <laughs> hey, did you get hey. my email? <laughs> I, I sent you a Slack message. I emailed you. Did you not get that? Have you have you all heard those horror stories of? people whose companies made them like leave their webcams on all day under the guise of like, we just wanted to feel like the office. And yeah, I, I've heard oh, these stories. I, like, I don't know no. any specific company, so I might be just be like made up internet stuff, but it, it sounds like a I, real I thing that like managers oh. or middle managers would do in the name of like productivity or something. I have like, heard of, of people doing that where they'll leave screens on even before we were in the pandemic where it would be like someone was remote and that they would have this like screen that was like visual to the rest of the team so that it could be like feeling like you were there. I mean, I don't think it was from the, oh, I'm checking to make sure that you're working or checking that you're productive. It was more to make them feel like they were there and like part of the team. But like, I personally wouldn't want that. It just feels weird. I, I don't know. I don't 
thought you seen what YouTube and Netflix like <laughs> watching. Like they're perfectly innocuous, but I don't want you like knowing how much I watch. Well, I mean, the nice thing is they don't see you, the screen, right? Necessarily. It could be like a picture of you. Like they might not see your screen. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, fair. I don't think that's a good idea. I get too comfortable at home. So <laughs> let's just leave it at that. <laughs> hey, that's fair. I mean, I haven't worn a pair of jeans in like since March. So yeah, you'd like drop in and see me wearing the same outfit for like a week. I just have the same outfit in like, you know, seven times. <laughs> yeah, I just have this shirt like seven of them. Seven times. <laughs> yeah. We've hated on 2020 a little bit. Has there been some positives? Like there's got to be some silver lining. I actually uh, brainstormed a bit and I was like thinking back on this year. And so I actually wrote down some things of the big bad thing, uh, the main bad thing that happened for me personally in terms of work, and then kind of the some of the good things that came out of it. So um, if you don't mind a little bit of a like a soliloquy, <laughs> um, a personal reflection. The actually the big bad for me wasn't actually about like going remote. Um, the big bad for me was um, that I didn't have a client for four months because the clients that I was very excitedly talking about uh, back in March, they all dropped off for financial reasons. And then um, and then I couldn't book anybody or I, I shouldn't say that. I think there were still thankfully requests coming in. They just weren't what I was extremely uh, excited about. And so I was I was also lucky enough to have like personal savings where I could tide over for the four months. And so I guess this is more for, uh, I guess any, I, I knew that most listeners have like a full-time job. So I guess this is the kind of like the independence perspective, if anybody's curious about that. Um, but I really thought about, I think in that time that I didn't have like a client for four months, it was, it was really hard mentally and emotionally but I think there were like some really good things that came out of it for me and the first thing is that I had a lot of time because I didn't have a job to pursue personal projects that were at a much bigger scale than I could have previously when I did have to balance that with client projects and I think what that meant for me personally was that like I was able to do um, personal projects where I assembled a team to work on a project. And, and then later on, um, I assembled, and later on, um, not only did I try and assemble a team, I also went out and tried to secure funding for my own personal projects. And that's something that like, I've been really scared to do and intimidated to do. And I didn't do them at any big level, but I think it just like gave me more courage. And then I think having that time also like gave me time to try like hobbies that I've always been quote unquote too busy to do. And I think that like really helped me open up like possibilities of like where I could go forward kind of in my, I guess the things I want to do in my career. And I, and that leads to kind of the, the last thing, which is that this lack of clients for months actually gave me the space to really kind of introspect and reflect on having kind of like stripped away everything. It gave me kind of the space to think about what it is that I really actually want out of my career going forward. And one of the things is that 
it actually, I think, allowed me to come to terms with the fact that like, I actually am no longer really that excited about what I'm currently doing. Like, I think there's still projects that really excite me, but like, I don't have the passion for what I'm currently doing like I used to. And so I think it like really allowed me to kind of be okay with admitting that like, oh, like I actually, what I've always loved is learning new things. And this big thing that I've spent years like cultivating this big skill of like data visualization on the web that I've been like spending years culminating, that's just another thing that I've had a lot of fun learning and that I actually just really enjoy the process of learning things and the struggle and then kind of like that feeling of success when I am in excitement and when I like kind of pull it off. And so it's okay if I want to like move away from that and kind of like take the pieces I really enjoy and then like move forward and incorporate that into the new things I want to try. So is the the good things that personally for me for work came out of this year nice see there is some silver lining 2021 (laughs) yay cheers Cheers. Cheers. i'll add well i don't think this is for every for every team but at least for our team our team was pretty fortunate that we were still pretty new and then the pandemic hit and i feel you know onboarding processes I, I'd actually be very curious to hear you know Stacy moving to Trello what that experience was like but onboarding processes sometimes can be kind of a nightmare sometimes but because everybody's remote uh, I, I feel our team really took it seriously that hey you know poor Austin's starting out you know we really need to like up our documentation and and you know we used to have these habits of say oh they can just ask us and we were very very personable but it really makes us think about what that experience is like when nobody's around. You know, if you're very, very not, if no one's there, how, like, what does that documentation, what should that documentation look like? How, how, how do you help someone with that? And that's kind of leveled up. I've kind of noticed, I don't, I, I know it's not for every team, but I was just like something that I noticed that was kind of a side effect that happened, which I really appreciate. Um, and, and another thing is, when people are living at home, you learn about things that you might not learn typically. Like, for example, I didn't know one of my teammates had a dog and it was like, oh, I have to take my dog out. And it's like, an, it's like a conversation point. It's like, oh, you have a dog? I didn't know you had a dog. Like, oh, nobody asked me. And then, So there's these like kind of subtle happy moments, I guess. Oh, I personally love like when kids run into the like, yeah. hall or dog. <laughs> It's, it's so good. I really actually truly enjoy that. And to echo your point to Augustus a little bit, maybe even broader than just onboarding. I think communication has gotten better. It's not easy in this world, but I feel like there's more flexibility in the communication. Like I feel like people are, are like writing a memo. They're recording meetings. They're trying to set up like multiple meetings if they have to share the same context with people. I feel like people are getting more more flexible, like you're getting more information in different ways. And I think like that's something I actually want to see play out in 2021 if we were in the office. Cheers. Cheers. I don't know how to phrase this. It's like this year has been this year where you've seen maybe some of your teammates or even yourself, you've exhibited you know, high levels of anxiety or a lot of emotion um, at work in ways that maybe you haven't ever 
you know, mm. before. And so I think it's built a lot of like maybe more empathy than ever between teammates and understanding that people are coming from different circumstances and being uh, people checking in on each other more. It's just, it seems like it's brought out something more human in all of us, which shouldn't take that sort of, it shouldn't take what happened for that to, to be the case. But I think that's been sort of a bright spot um, out of this is just like, I've, I've seen people just care a lot about each other. In return, like, I love the empathy part, but the, it builds better trust too. Like you start to just open up and build trust with your team members. I think that is, that is definitely happening more than it would have if we were all just going into an office together. Yeah. Cause I mean, we're all what, going through something at the same time, you know, like this sort of uh, shared experience. It's yeah. it maybe shitty, but we are all experiencing it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can empathize on that. I mean, even something simple as for me is like, as much as like I mentioned earlier that I miss my commute, but I don't miss my commute. Like I actually am like really thankful to not have to deal with that. I've done a commute for like five years where it's been like an hour there and an hour home. It's, it's a lot. And so there's been times where I'm like, wow, I can just like end my day and go spend more time with my son or my, the rest of my family. And like, that's, that's pretty cool. So there is some benefits on that side, or even when, there was points where I was having to do more childcare, like, cause there was like, you couldn't have a nanny, you couldn't have schools open. And so like, I was literally taking like part of my day, just like spending more time with my son. And I, that's time that you can't get back. And that that's, it was pretty cool to be able to do that and balance my work and do that at the same time. So those are some of my silver linings for sure. I keep saying, uh, well, uh, 2021 or 2020, should I say? Cheers. Uh, cheers. cheers. Yeah, take it back. I'll take it. I'll take it. 2020, uh, I had a son and I went a over a million dollars in debt. So, you know. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 sorry. I realized. <laughs> so, so for people not in the Bay Area, that means I bought a house. Uh, <laughs> it's not a gambling like, oh, problem. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so uh, the silver lining is getting to watch my son grow up, which is like such an incredible privilege that we have or that my wife and I have to see him go from like this tiny thing that can't move to something now that attempts to climb out of the crib. He's doing his best. But like just just seeing that is like so there's there's no other scenario this that could have played out short of like us being unemployed that I could have seen this and witnessed like humans, this is how humans are made. It's it's like just amazing experience. So yeah, for me, it, it's been pretty good. And I can like get off work and I just go pick him up and there's no commute to annoy me. There's no like, oh, dad's going to be late because he's stuck in traffic. Like there's none of that. I'm just, I'm there. All right. So what are, I'm going to say the keyword here, but what are you all excited for, for 2021? Oh, cheers. 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 Everyone's being vaccinated. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here, maybe, here. maybe getting maybe. out. Maybe. 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 <laughs> maybe getting I just I miss hobbies I don't know I have I have not found a quarantine hobby and all my hobbies kind of shut down when the pandemic shut down and it just I need a way to engage my brain that's not software engineering or reorganizing (laughs) the furniture in my house it needs to be something else so I don't know I think like a diversity of experience the ability to have like variety of um 
settings and people you interact with in a day is just like it's just does wonders for your mental health so I'm, I'm ready for it not to be Groundhog Day, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What month is it? I have no idea. Like, well, it's, just... it's Blur's Day. That's yeah, the date. Yeah, I like it. Blur's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm honestly hopeful and excited to just be recording in the same room. I'm so excited for that. I do not like recording remote, so I'm pumped to see you all in person. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. I'm very excited because I'm excited by my curiosity about what will happen post-pandemic um, and what we'll take away because I feel I, I truly feel a lot of companies will embrace remote work and who knows, maybe they'll be okay with saying, you know what, if you want to just remote you just want to continue working from home that's chill with us and seeing how that plays out, you know, because especially in the Bay Area, traffic is a huge problem. I, I hate the traffic. I hate I hate those things. And, and maybe, maybe it'll go down, you know, maybe a lot of people mm. will realize I'll just work from home. Everyone's cool with it. And who knows, maybe there will be a really good balance of traffic and, and the, the ramifications of that. Right. So I'm, I'm very curious. Oh my gosh, maybe people would move out of Silicon Valley and yes. then the like yes. rent prices or like house prices will go down. That would be so <gasps> fascinating, right? A miracle. <laughs> <laughs> but this pandemic, so unfortunate, of course. But but you know, being optimistic. Maybe we gotta look at some optimism yes. for yeah. sure. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was going to say just being able to sit in a cafe and work from a cafe again. But <gasps> I miss that the most. Also, I've been watching a lot of concert documentaries and maybe this is like a subconscious part of me that just like craves like humans jammed into a big stadium again. <laughs> and now I'm like, I used to be so cheap about concerts being like, no I don't want to pay money for, for concerts. And now I'm like, I will shell out for like the artists that I'm excited about. So yeah. that's... Uh, I miss music and going to shows and dancing and uh, so much, so much. Hmm. So maybe miss- that'll come back in 2021. I miss getting tattoos. Just gonna say it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I miss getting haircuts and getting oh, my haircut. eyebrows shaped because that's the one thing I don't trust myself to do with my eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. I miss all my favorite service providers and like waitresses at all like the small businesses oh, in the city. Oh. So the people who make San Francisco, San Francisco, yeah. Like, yeah. don't interact with them anymore. I'm really looking forward to, to going out and patronizing. I mean, that, you know, yeah. what I'm uh, like being a customer at these yeah. places to those that survive. So yeah. love it. All right. Well, maybe to help some of those uh, people, Mars, we can jump right into picks. Are there some great picks that you will have to share? In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose things that we'd like to share with you all that we find interesting or would like to share with you all. What picks do we have? Stacey, you want to start with it? Sure. Speaking of music, and as always, for my picks, I have three today. So the first one is uh, a song called Her Revolution. It's by Burial, Fortet, and Tom York. Um, which is an amazing group. Um, they, it's been like a decade since they last collaborated. Um, so it's got like Burial's sort of crackly production, uh, Tom York's, you know, his falsetto, 
voice and then you got fortet's ambient synths um it's it's a cool it's a cool song the, but there's two songs on that release and they're both really good and then the second song is called dawn chorus by john hopkins and it's actually a cover of tom york's dawn chorus from 2019's uh, album uh, anima and it's just his like piano take like on that one chord sequence and he kind of explores it um in in that song and it's just a really like hopeful song and I just I feel like it's the soundtrack to the potential of the vaccine. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 2021. Cheers. 2021. Cheers. Cheers. The third and final one is to end 2020. Um, I I've check out the the show notes for shares. It's the 2020 mix. So all the songs that I've really enjoyed uh, throughout this year. Right on. Uh, Mars, what do you have? Okay, I guess in the spirit of small businesses, which is the semi-rant I went off on, I'm going to pick one in the city that I really like. They're called Dermaplus SF. They're uh, skincare... Facials? Yeah, they do facials, but they also have a resident nurse. But what, what's really interesting mm. is that they also have their own line of products, like custom hand-blended products that are um, really good for you. And so you can order stuff on their website. And also if you follow their Instagram, they're always doing um, really cool, just like... Uh, skin health tips and stuff so that's the first one and then the second one which I really enjoy but it's kind of bordering on like a valley silicon pick so Jem might enjoy this Jem's always judging his fine (laughs) um it's a smart pet feeder that's microchip that opens by microchip but they just came out with a new one called the feeder connect that also connects to your phone so it's super smart and it comes with a little hub that looks like a kitten with like ears that light up and it tells you how much your animal has eaten um if you want to know that information and also like acts as like a scale so you can zero it and do like portion control and stuff so if you're really into like all of that stuff for your pet i highly recommend this i mean it's good though right like it's like because like you're like did my pet eat today or not like that's that's good to know yeah that that, makes sense that to me i'm excited about like if i go away on a trip you know pandemic to know that my animals are eating while i'm gone i love it's post-pandemic you're like yeah i'm not going anywhere now (laughs) i really am not though (laughs) awesome shirley what do you have Ooh, uh so i have two today um, ooh, but also I, I keep, I don't know what it is about today. I don't know if it's my choice of drink, but I keep coming back to topics we've already like visited. I, and maybe it's like just my one track mind. Um, but the thing I'm excited about 2021 is, um, potentially having my wedding, uh, which may or may not happen. It might have to be 2022. Um, but it was supposed to be this year. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Um, anyways, two things for today uh, is the first is I've like, I'm now newly obsessed with this concert documentary. It's called Blackpink Light Up the Sky. And it's a documentary on Netflix on a this K-pop girl group called Blackpink. Um, I uh, was really into K-pop back in like the mid 2000s. And then I like phased out of them. I think in the 2010s, because that's when like all these big K-pop bands came in that had like 13 members. And I was like, that's too big. Um, And then uh, I haven't really been following that much K-pop, but then this came up on my Netflix and it was, Netflix is very persistent. 
<laughs> and so I finally watched it and I'm so obsessed. So um, <laughs> Blackpink is a four member girl group from uh, Korea. And um, they have like a pretty unique sound of like, I think they're a good balance between like hip hop, rap and pop. And they were at Coachella last year and they were like one of the like standout, like big acts of Coachella. Um, or Sorry, they weren't a big act, but they were like a surprise. Like everybody was like, wow, they're amazing because they have like such powerful dance moves and they have like good vocals. And I think the fun thing about them is like, um, all of this I learned from the documentary is three out of, oh, oh also there are only four members about, as opposed to 13. So you can actually remember all of their names is that they, uh, three out, out of four of them actually grew up outside of Korea. So they're quite international. And then like that blending of cultures is really nice. So after watching this documentary three times, because the first two times I put it on in the background as I was doing other things and they're speaking Korean. So I missed a lot of the dialogue. So the third time I actually watched it, um, I'm now obsessed with Blackpink and I love their songs and uh, it's been on repeat on Spotify. So please check them out because they're, they're like really fun K-pop. So that's the first pick. And then the second one is I was thinking about some of the things that like got me through 2020. And one of the things is friend and studio mate Alice Lee uh, started a uh, stream with Adobe called Doodle Therapy. And on each uh, kind of episode, she's in the recent episodes, she's like kind of brought on guests and Alice herself is like an incredible illustrator and muralist, and she's also independent um, like me. And so I really enjoy the conversations that she has with her um, guests um, where they talk very candidly about kind of like um, a wide range of different topics while doodling. They're all like illustrating in Photoshop at the same time and like also managing the chat at the same time. And they're like talking candidly about like life and like, you know, their work and like their creative inspirations. And um, especially like if you're a, like, you know, a front end engineer that like also dabbles in design or interested in illustration or interested in like freelancing. I've really enjoyed her show. So highly recommend Doodle Therapy. It's, uh, you can find it on Adobe Live. She usually has it Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, her exact schedule is on her website. That should be linked in the show notes. Right on. Augustus, what do you have? Actually, it's so funny because I feel like Shirley and I have very similar picks. <laughs> I, I love so. it. <laughs> well, so. and it's like uh, in the sense that, you know, same sources. Okay, so, well, I'll just get into it. Uh, my first pick is um, a Netflix show. Wow. Um, <laughs> called Alice in Borderland. Uh, yes, Netflix was very persistent, um, <laughs> but it, it was, it's so good. Um, it's actually based, I, I didn't realize it was based on a manga about this guy who gets sucked in. There's this game, there's this game master and uh, all these kind of sick twisted games. And I, I was, I didn't want to give this show a chance because I don't like Saw or those types of shows or movies, but it, it, it is not like that. It, the, the, sh the games are very intelligent. Yeah, there's some like killing and stuff like that but I, I find the the storytelling is very well done the character development's really good and the cinematography is like really 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 great so highly recommend um and my second pick is something related to adobe uh it's on their Re react spectrum blog so spectrum is uh the design system that adobe oh. has 
and react oh yes mars sorry better. Uh, Re react spectrum is the react implementation of that design system and they have a blog uh, where um, they have a, a three-part series. It's written by Devin Govit. Govit, I hope I'm saying that correctly. He's the creator of Parcel.js, and it's called Building a Button. And, and, I, and he's I, been on. He's been on episode. Or yes, yes, he episode. Has. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it, the series is called Building a Button, and you know, you'd think, wow, building a button—that's such a simple component, right? And he he really, really goes deep dive into all the complexities of how do you build. Uh, a, com uh, a button component that, you know, really handles all the cases. You know, there's a lot of things you might not think about, like for accessibility, for screen readers, uh, focus, focus rings, uh, focus. Um, so definitely highly recommend. I, we're going to link the part one, but there's a three-part series. So I highly recommend checking that out. Nice. Jam, what do you have? Uh, let's see. I only have two picks this time around. Not as interesting. Uh, the first one is a pick uh, shared by one of my friends. I forget which one, but it doesn't matter. I'll take them later. I voxed a piece on the world of professional tag, which is like, it's really cool. Cause uh, so what it is, is it's people who did parkour, which like parkour is a sport, but it's like, how do you, how do you qualify it as for? How do you how do you measure it other than subjectively being like, oh, that was cool, that wasn't as cool. So essentially, like the people they, they they like to play tag. These are two grown men who like to play tag, and they're like, wait, why don't we just like build out bigger courses? And it turns out like people that are good at parkour are really good at the sport because it's like obstacles and like chasing people around, and then you're evading and you're you're doing all the things that you do in parkour, but you're doing it like in a in a sports arena on a team. Uh, it's it's like worth watching. I really hope this catches on because it's just incredible the way these people move and they're so fast. It, it's insane. My second pick is Valley Silicon pick. That is where I highlight things that are too expensive and absurd and they only exist because we get paid just way too much money down here. The question is, how much would you pay for a beanbag chair? Hmm. $30. $30. Thirty. Wait, did I hear 40, 30, 40? Uh, 20 and 30 so far. 20 and 30. Uh, I think 40. Oh, I don't know, like 120? It, like, it depends on the quality size. Yeah. Other? <laughs> let's, say, let's say it's a good quality beanbag chair. So Is that Herman Miller? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so th there's a company um, called Lovesack, and they create beanbag chairs. And this uh, beanbag chair, uh, which will hold two adults, it looks like, starts at uh, $1,300 for beanbag. I just, what? this one, uh, I think it's one thing for like a couch or a bed or even, even a table can have like good design, good architecture, but it's pretty hard for a beanbag chair because it's, it's material stuff with something and that's kind of all there is to it. So anyways, as far as furniture goes, I know people can be like, ah, oh, that's a $20,000 lamp, but it's beautiful. And it, it I don't know, it, it moves me. It makes me feel <laughs> emotional. I don't know. That, that's art, but you know, it's a beanbag chair. It starts at $1,300. I'm with you. You could buy probably the $20 or $30 one and probably just be as nice. I have to say that one of my friends had it and um, I've jumped into it. I don't think I was as sold, 
But my husband, who's like super frugal Asian, was like, I love this and I want it. And I was like, I do not understand. Um, <laughs> but there must be some sort of an appeal. <laughs> um, it was very comfortable. It like kind of like molded to your shape. But I don't think it's like $1,300 comfortable. It was very big. It was like it could hold many people. I, I imagine they're they're quite comfortable. It's just yeah. you can I mean, make thir- it cheaper. Thirteen hundred dollars for a couch. I'm like, yes. Yeah, maybe this like, is a couch alternative. Sure, sure. Maybe it's an alternative. Is it though? <laughs> is it? Well, it says that the big one can fit two adults and two kids, and it's only sixteen fifty. Mm. This apparently the super sack, which I feel like, can we talk about these names? Um, so gross. <laughs> is one adult and two kids. So I don't know where the other adult went, but into the uh, sack. Into the other sack. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna move us on. Yeah. Yes, like, please, that's thank amazing. you. <laughs> All right. Uh, I just have two picks. I'm hoping people can maybe binge these by this point. But uh, there's two TV shows I started watching on Hulu. One, which honestly, I'm not a fan of Hulu because I have to, like, they're literally being released weekly. I want to binge these. But first show that I'm picking is called A Teacher. And it's about a story about a student that slept with his teacher. And there's this whole scandal around that. So far, it's been good, but like I can't watch all the episodes. I can't tell you how great it is until they've released all the episodes. Second pick is uh, another Hulu show called Big Sky. Still another one that re- seems really cool. It's only a few episodes in about some girls that go missing and some murders that happen. Very cool story. I think it's it's going to be really good. It's like, I think it's only like five episodes in. I'm continuing to watch it. So I'm enjoying it. So I'm hoping to keep watching it. So those are my two picks. Thank you all for listening to today's episode and continuing to listen to us through the 2020 pandemic. We appreciate everyone listening to us and still enjoying the episodes that we're putting out. So thank you all. You can find us at frontendhappyhour.com. You can follow us on Twitter at FrontNHH. Any last words? Dumpster fire. Dumpster Dumpster fire of 2020. Dumpster fire of 2020. (laughs) To 2021. Cheers. To 2021.